0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: President Biden addressed the Omicron crisis and earnestly pleaded with people to get vaccinated. And while the president was optimistic, he did seem hazy on some of the details. We have the medicines coming along that can save so many lives and dramatically reduce the impact that COVID has had on our country. There's a lot of
0: reason to be hopeful in
1: 2020. Bit of a glitch there. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. Happens with my iPhone all the time. Did someone get Joe wet? Just slip him into a bag of rice till he dries out. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Certainly hope that gaffe doesn't come back to haunt him when he runs for reelection in 1996.
0: And he's old, you see.
1: There was I uh, I don't want to get off on presidential politics right now, but uh, there was a good article from Reason Magazine. They're libertarians. On how Joe Biden needs to stop saying things that aren't true if he wants to have people believe him. And they went through a list of things that he has said recently, various policy things that just flat out aren't true. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Post truth world. So speaking of old age
0: and people who have one step in God's waiting room or the grave or whatever, uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu passed away. Uh, recently, a civil rights hero of South Africa and a, a truly fascinating man and a hero,
1: inventor of the little dress you wear when
0: you do ballerina stuff. I believe that's incorrect, but uh, similar name. Uh, at any rate, uh, he uh, he 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 died. They had a service for him, and he chose uh, uh, post mortem the process of aquamation instead of cremation.
1: Aquamation sounds like a Joe Biden word. <laughs> or or some sort of get a get, you know, get, a, get care or so some that bad kefir somewhere where
0: affluent middle-aged white women go to get their skin toned or something <laughs> an aquamation clinic <laughs> uh, jack aquamation is a water-based process, process whose scientific name is alkaline hydrolysis which hmm. is not nearly as cute in which a quote combination of gentle water flow so far so good temperature and alkalinity are used to accelerate the breakdown of organic materials
1: bingo so it just decomposes you faster wait a minute ooh 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 say all the silic
0: the uh, serial killers in the audience uh, i've used that i've used that <laughs> long story short <laughs> say all the serial killers in the audience <laughs> First of all, before we get more specific about what it is, Jack, and, and if you're eating your Cheerios, finish them up, okay? Uh, the company's website says the process, quote, uses 90% less energy than flame cremation and does not emit any harmful greenhouse gases, which sounds, you know, good to me. The body is placed in an alkaline hydrolysis machine comprised of an airtight chamber filled with a solution made of water and alkaline chemicals. The chamber is then heated, liquefying the body Yeah, and leaving only bone behind. Ooh. Once the bones are dried, they can be pulverized. <laughs> so, <laughs> instead of aquification, perhaps you could call this the old melt and pulverize. It sounds like you're making soup. The process... Re- well, you really kind of are the process results in approximately 32 percent more cremated remains than flame-based cremation and may require a larger urn
1: my last act as a dead person on this earth is not going to be something to help with climate change it just i can't i can't not if i lived my whole life ignoring climate change my last, my last act is not going to be something that helps the environment i'm just not going to do it
0: Liquify me pulverize me kids that's what i'm looking for Just like old Desmond Tutu. And then I can rest in peace.
1: Um, I don't know why the New York Times is tweeting this out. Matt Welch is a uh, right-leaning commentator on uh, Omicron and various things. This is from the New York Times. Before Omicron, a typical vaccinated 75-year-old who contracted COVID had a similar risk of death, about 1 in 200, as a typical 75-year-old who contracted the flu. COVID now appears to present less threat to most vaccinated elderly people than the flu. Correct. Almost certainly. And again, none to kids. When you talk about COVID now, you are talking about Omicron. I remember when we said this about Delta like a year and a half ago or whenever that was. Because 97% of the cases in January they believe were Omicron. So that is what the pandemic or endemic is at this point. It is Omicron. And Omicron by all the studies that they're doing everywhere, is way, 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 way less deadly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can't continue to treat it like the old disease. It doesn't make any sense. Right. And, and
0: I don't want to wear people out no. or anything, but this is, a, this is a brilliant illustration of what's wrong with centrally planned economies. Do you think the central planning that deals with what steel prices ought to be or how much wheat ought to be produced or, you know, a hundred other examples, how many tractors should we build? Do you think the central planning is any more logical and timely and fast moving for that than it is for what should little children do since the uh, uh, pandemic is about? And those policies have been utterly unscientific, illogical. The, the, The last thing they are is timely. It's just... I get why people want central planning. They think it sounds great because the idea of a free market scares them. All that liberty. I don't know. I'm not in control of well, it. Well
1: uncertainty. Yeah, I think that's uncertainty, the thing. yeah. Yeah. Although the Liberty last thing, is uncertainty.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. And and the one certainty with central planning is misery.
1: That is the one certainty. On the Omicron, it is fascinating that something can exist. That is so contagious as this, the way it has spread around the world so fast. And when it comes to a state or a city, everybody has it in like a week. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's stunning that anything can be like that. If anything like uh, uh, quite deadly can ever spread like that, it'll be the end of mankind. Ho- ho- Damn near. Hopefully that can't happen, but it's just it's it's amazing. I was looking at uh, Florida; they had a nine hundred percent increase in a week. Um, uh, it's just it. Once it comes to where you are, you can social distance. You cannot. You can wear masks. You cannot. You can do whatever the hell you want, but everybody's <laughs> going to get it.
0: Right, and in a hell of a hurry too.
1: Yeah, it's it's really quite amazing, and yeah. nothing to be afraid of. They're exactly. both, both. Therefore,
0: true. the world should be wide open, doing business, going to school. The Taliban has ordered the beheading of all mannequins. Stay with us for live coverage. That <laughs> uh, probably shouldn't be funny,
1: but that struck me as funny.
0: Also, what was that? Oh, that's COVID-related. Now nah, we're going to get off that for a while. The- Although we again, and you know what, we do the same thing that I have hammered other people for. We're not talking about COVID. Actually, we were just then the, the actual virus, which has absolutely gone viral. Uh, <laughs> We're talking about policy. We're not talking about the damn COVID. We're talking about policy, which I think is really, really important. that uh, Chicago woman uh, who got a positive COVID test on a flight went to pieces,
1: first of all, oh, called geez. the stewardess
0: over and asked, what should I do? What should I do? Nothing. And they stuffed her in the bathroom for three hours. The airplane bathroom.
1: Oh, she's that woman. I saw a headline on that. So they stuck her in the bathroom and shut the door.
0: If you're Jeffrey Epstein, that's that's a fate too too bad. <laughs> too if you're the Unabomber, they shouldn't stick him
1: in an airplane bathroom for three hours. Speaking of Epstein, old Giselle Maxwell got found guilty of a whole bunch of different stuff and is going to spend uh, about the rest of her life in prison. Jelaine, please, Jack. Whatever. Jelaine Maxwell. Whatever. She made up her it's name. It's we
0: get the name of child rapists
1: correct. Yeah, she's a child rapist with a made-up name, so we'll call her, whatever she, call her uh, inmate 6032. Uh, are they going to be able to keep her from hanging herself before she uh, starts spilling
0: the hanging beans? Hanging herself, you naive fool. Hashtag Clinton body count. Um, she better watch out. Prince. If she sees Prince Andrew coming down the, uh, the cell block, run for your life there, yeah, Jelaine no
1: <laughs> uh, another headline: "The average used car price is now just under 30,000 dollars." 29: Yes, the average used car is now Oof. worth 30,000 dollars, and they expect used car prices to continue to move higher as the supply chain thing continues to be a problem. That is something.
0: I meanwhile, know, in other consumer news, the Taliban is forcing the beheading of those whorish, sexy mannequins. Stay with us.
1: I know two people that have sold their vehicle, having driven it for a couple of years, for more than they paid for it. I don't doubt it for a second. I saw. So I had to get four new tires on my SUV before I started my long road trip, and while uh, while I was waiting to put on the tires, I was walking around where I was, and uh, they, they they had a couple of uh, lots there, car lots there, where they had used cars on the on the, and so I was just walking around killing time. I was stunned by the prices they were asking, and I assume getting for some of these used vehicles. And I even saw one where it had a, a, a price on there, and it said blue book or whatever you know the prices, and then it said plus fifteen thousand dollar market added. So they added fifteen <laughs> grand. To the price of this vehicle, because they, their feeling was it was in abandoned and it probably is. There was a, there was a used um, SUV of some sort, a couple years old, they wanted $90,000 for it. Whoever pays $90,000 for a used anything. But, but that the prices now are just insane for used vehicles.
0: Wow, wow. How long will it take to sort this
1: out? I don't know. I don't know.
0: Oh, oh, do you see where Toyota became the biggest uh, car seller in North
1: America? Past GM for the first time ever, I think. First time in 90 years, General Motors is not the number one automaker in the world. It is now Toyota. And Tesla is worth more than all of them added together. Go figure. For some reason. And as of yesterday, Elon Musk is now worth $300 billion. Oh, that's right. You brought up Elon Musk earlier, and we we're going to circle back to that. We should, maybe, on that as a tease. So the world's richest man, Elon Musk, is now worth $300 billion, which is insane. The richest man used to be worth, like, $50 billion just a cup of coffee ago. Now the richest man is worth $300 billion, and it's Elon Musk. And why is he building a plant where they got all those Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps? China! That's right, uh, sir. We should talk more about that coming up, among other things. And our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong. Which is avoid a story because I don't want to hear the truth. Oh boy, I'm a bit of an Elon Musk fanboy. I drive a Tesla. I like a lot of the things he's doing, is a disruptor to all kinds of different industries, et cetera, et cetera. But I heard the story that the world's richest man is opening a new Tesla plant or showroom in that province of China where they've got all the slaves. And I thought, I don't want to hear this story because it might make me unhappy. Why is he doing this?
0: Well, yeah, it's an enormous uh, investment in China. First of all, I would also point out that uh, what SpaceX is doing is just amazing. I heard an old hand in the space program talking about how great and, and... and inspiring it was, and how it's really brought space back into young kids' imagination, stuff like that. So, uh, well, yeah, sure. And then the
1: Hyperloop under Los Angeles, where he's oh, going to yeah. liquefy lots of people trying no, to transport. No, that's, that's
0: incorrect. I'm not sure what you were reading, but it's going to be an incredibly efficient mode of transportation, even as his former home state of Cal Unicornia, spends hundreds of billions of dollars on a choo-choo train nobody's ever (laughs) going to ride, he's developed the technology to whisk people back and forth like uh, you're in a pneumatic tube. Anyway, so that's the positive stuff. Yeah, he announced, and this it was ironic because it was one of those days uh, where in the news flow there was the most talk about boycotting the Olympics in Beijing Mm. because they're a slave-holding, totalitarian, bent-on-world domination monster regime is why. And it was one of those days that the news came out that uh, Elon made a statement about China's an important partner and we look forward to a bright future, working hand-in-hand with the Chinese, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, they're, they're going right to Xinjiang or however you want to pronounce it, where they got all the slaves. And long story short, he doesn't care. It apparently, I would call it a blind spot. He believes in the short term, medium term, and maybe even long term that Tesla is best served by going whole hog into partnership with the Chinese communist government. Don't trust China. I'm, I'm horrified by that. Um, you know, I, I, I would have been horrified by it last week. I've been reading the absolutely terrific 100-year marathon, the book that Jack has recommended so highly about China and the nature of its uh, its climb. Um, and so any any aid to China at this point is specifically and undeniably anti-American you are aiding at abetting our sworn enemy the fact that we were so dumb and naive that we didn't realize they were their our sworn enemy for decades is on us and again read the 100-year marathon it's a terrific book it's really it's really accessible too
1: yeah i was listening to the podcast i always recommend china unscripted and they um they were talking about the number of mayors and governors that have been co-opted by china so china has uh, there's a term for it. Sub- of American mayors and governors. Yes, sub something. But it's a, the, the, there. There's enough attention and rules in place at the federal government level that China is not being able to make inroads at that level. But there's not for your local town, like for some big cities and for states, for China to come in and say, "Hey, yeah, we'll help you with this port, dam, electric plant, whatever." And they get you on the hook and they get in bed with you and all intertwined in all the kind of ways that China does uh, by offering you a whole bunch of money. And they're doing it all across the country and laying the groundwork of various infrastructure and just relationships that they have with people, um, all based on finances. Yeah. It's it's really frightening and clever. And when this all goes down uh, someday... It shouldn't be a shock in the same way that the way the Taliban took over Afghanistan so fast. And now, now, you know, with 2020 hindsight, people that weren't paying attention, we see they were laying the groundwork for years for this, Mm -hmm. getting into every single village's, you know, electrical grid and city council and everything. They've been laying the groundwork forever for that. That's what China is doing in the United States. (laughs) China is asshole. Yeah, and, and it's interesting and kind of handy
0: in a way that both the right and the left in America have gone along with the fanciful notion that China just wanted to be our friend. That we had come to China to say, we will be your friend, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the truth of it and and the way the left's unicornian naivete fed into that i find super interesting maybe we can hit that in uh, right after the break if you can't hang around just grab the podcast later armstrongandgetty.com but i want to tell i want to get to this story the taliban has ordered clothes shop mannequins to be beheaded because they are idols to worship an idol is a sin in islam i'm not sure anybody's ever worshiped uh, a, a mannequin but they have, at first, they called for the removal of all mannequins, and the very few merchants of Afghanistan said, hey, that would devastate us. They're expensive. Plus, we gotta show our clothes somehow. So the Taliban came back with an enlightened set, settlement and said, all right, you can keep your mannequins, just lop off their heads.
1: Well, that doesn't make them sound like crazy people at all. No, brutes from the Middle Ages. Not at all. <laughs> oh, wow. Can I even say that? That relates
0: to the next segment. Oh boy. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, Happy New Year! But uh, I don't, I don't think Betty White died. Don't get me wrong. I, I know she passed, but I don't think. She's too scrappy. I don't think Death's allowed to take her without her permission, but I think she's always looking out for us. I, I think she saw everything we went through in 2020 and 2021, and she grabbed Death by the ear and pulled him close and said, You take me to see God. And Death does it, but he's too nervous to take her because he knows
1: that Betty White is the only person on the planet Earth that could scold God himself. Doesn't that sound more like Betty White, that she went to heaven just to raise all kinds of hell? Can we start a trend as a community, as a
0: TikTok community, that if anything good happens in twenty twenty two, we just stop and we go, thanks, Betty White.
1: Thanks, B Dubs. <laughs> so, right. you it, know. Forming it, a religion around Betty White. That's how they get
0: started. The cult of Betty White reminds me of Super Bowl commercials and bacon. And you know, just <laughs> bacon. <laughs> the things that just all right. I don't all right. <laughs> At the point that the Tiger last king exactly the last person in america i love betty white too i love her okay great we get it she's appealing now she's dead god rest her soul
1: one out of 15 people in england tested positive for covid last week because omicron has hit them it's going to happen where you live i'm just telling you so that you'll be prepared for it and and just recognize not the disease but be prepared for the reaction schools work everything's going to get nuts for a couple of weeks because everybody's going to have it.
0: All right. You said one out of 15. By the time you ended that sentence, it was two out of 15. Right.
1: Oh, and. Coronavirus! <laughs> I love, I'm going to miss, I won't miss the pandemic, but when the pandemic's over, I'll miss your creativity around the coronavirus thing paired with other different sounds. It's always been good, Michael. You know, during, I appreciate, vac- that.
0: during vacation, Michael, I actually said to Judy, we were sitting around talking about the, the vid or whatever, and I said, I actually, in my real life, want the, the Cardi B clip handy. I want to be able
1: to play Coronavirus! Coronavirus! <laughs> just in regular conversation. I don't know why. I, I need it. I, I expect it. So we mentioned the story, and as an American, this hurts my heart. GM has been the number one uh, automaker in the world for 95 years. Call it a century. Toyota just passed them. But we got this pointed out, which makes me feel better as an American. Toyota barely outsold GM, and for whatever reason, they had the the supply of chips didn't affect them. When GM gets their chip thing straightened out, they'll be back on top again. Oh, there you go.
0: Yeah, yet another momentary disruption. Well, speaking of China, the COVID. I'm sorry, speaking of COVID, China. Talking about China, totally uh, irrelevant uh, or unrelated to disease. As I mentioned, I'm reading The 100-Year Marathon, which is the absolutely fabulous book about the realities of Chinese strategy. And it's written by a bloke. uh, And this print is way too small for me to read his name. Uh, Do you remember his name? Pillsbury? Is that his name? Yeah, the Pillsbury Doughboy. Um, He was one of the main... Advocates, the China experts who advised
1: presidents for decades, and his Nixon, books, the so-called opening of China, which oh yeah. Pillsbury points out, they lured us into a trap. We didn't open crap. <laughs>
0: right. The guy's got thank you notes from Kissinger from yeah. back in the early seventies, and now he's written a book saying I was completely wrong. We were all wrong, and and here's one of the most interesting aspects of it to me anyway, and. I'm reminded I'm going to give away the punchline, but I'm reminded of some conversations that I've had, whether on the air or in real life throughout the years. For instance, I have a friend who's of Iranian descent, and we've talked about Iran and and, and, and the people of Iran and the customs and, and stuff like that. And he was talking to me one time about how. You have to be really, really on your toes if you're negotiating with an Iranian, because deception and outmaneuvering somebody is prized much more than honesty. And I remember in, uh, you know, when we America was getting used to Islam and and people were talking about, oh, he's a moderate Muslim. It's OK. Not all Muslims are terrorists, which, of course, is true. But people forget that within Islam, within the Quran, it's made explicitly clear that deceiving people to further Islam is great. And Americans are so dopey and so naive and so unicornian, particularly on the left, that to say anything critical about a different culture than our own, is seen as, oh, that's racist. You're a xenophobe. That's ugly. Which is so unspeakably naive and dopey. It's hard to believe that it sways many people, but it sways lots and lots of people. But so this is uh, from the 100-Year Marathon. Um, and I'm going to be jumping around, but the, the, I think the context becomes clear. But one conclusion that emerged was that Chinese did not view strategy the same way Americans did. Whereas Americans tended to favor direct action. Those of Chinese ethnic origin were found to favor the indirect over the direct ambiguity and deception over clarity and transparency. Another conclusion was that Chinese literature and writings on strategy prized deception. And he gives a bunch of different examples that that's like the most. The best read book in China is uh, about ancient
1: wars and how deception won them. Deception is prized. Well that's interesting. What an interesting cultural difference that you wouldn't pick up on unless or think about unless somebody told you that it's seen as a flaw or a sin for, right. for us in our culture right no. not not oh look how good he is at fooling people. Nobody ever says that. And two decades after what he's talking about,
0: Nathan Lightis, who was renowned for his psychoanalytical cultural studies, observed, quote, Chinese literature on strategy from Song Tzu through Mao Zedong has emphasized deception more than many military doctrines. Chinese deception is oriented mainly toward inducing the enemy to act inexpediently and less toward protecting the integrity of one's own plans. In other cultures, particularly Western, deception is used primarily with the intention of, uh, of ensuring that one's own forces can realize their maximum striking potential the prevalent payoff of deception for the chinese is that one does not have to use one's own forces chinese tend to shroud their means in secrecy and not publicize the day-to-day activities of those in power So, for surprise and deception are assumed to be vital chinese literature often highlights the role of deception and the need for the sage that is the wise statesman to pen Penetrate the deception around him to find the hidden signals in reality. There is an emphasis in many classic Chinese stories of heroes using cunning to manipulate others. The heroes of many popular novels, films, television programs are those who prove adept at concealing their motives, misleading enemies, unveiling their true intentions until the end. Those artists considered the most skilled convey deceptive signs that require a reader's efforts and intelligence to decipher and understand before the plot reaches a
1: conclusion. That's really fascinating because you, you, I don't think you could have a hero in a, in, a, uh, in a book or a movie in our culture that is all about deceiving people like you could, obviously, with theirs.
0: You know, it's interesting. There's a fine line. Um, you know, Eisenhower tried like crazy to deceive the Germans into thinking D-Day was coming um, somewhere else or some other time. On the other hand, the thing with China is to pretend to be an ally, never show your true face. They made a mistake the the Soviet Union became aware that China was clearly bent on becoming the, the leading communist power. And they saw that that backfired on them, and the Soviets became extremely protective and standoffish and wouldn't help China anymore. And the Chinese learned a hard lesson there. And so when they realized, okay, our route to power and wealth is the United States, our former enemy, the last thing we can do is let them know they're our enemy. We have got to deceive them. And that's when they launched the plan to approach Kissinger and, and and Nixon over and over again. By the way, interestingly enough, and and say, hey, hey, how about being buddies now? It was all built on deception, but here's. Here's the punchline to me. You know what? I'll give you the punchline after a quick word from our friends at Simply Save Home Security, beloved sponsor of the Armstrong and Getty Show. And because you listen to the show, they're giving you listeners to all, I'm sorry, they're giving you access to all of their New Year's holiday deals. 20% off their award-winning home security and your first month is free when you sign up for the interactive monitoring service.
1: Yeah, and it's so simple. You can customize the system for your home online in a couple of minutes at the website that we're going to give you and even get free custom recommendations. No long-term contracts. It's the way pretty much all security systems work is you sign up for several years, whether you like it or not, whether it's too complicated to use or not. No long-term contracts or commitments. It's really easy to have more peace of mind this new year.
0: And these cameras are so good. High def, night vision, the rest of it. If anybody comes on your property, you're going to be able to look them in the face and see their license plate number or whatever. 20% off. Just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So easy. So good. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Alright, so here's your, your punchline, if you will. There's a huge 1940s study. The United States was trying to come to grips with Chinese culture. Trying to figure out, alright, this, this, this emerging power, how do we deal with them? What do we need to know about Chinese culture? And they interviewed thousands and thousands and thousands of people of Chinese, uh, origin about Chinese culture. And the results of the original 1940s study, The idea that an ethno-national group viewed the world differently proved controversial and politically incorrect, and they were never published. The sole existing copy rests quietly in the Library of Congress, um, et cetera. So they did this enormous study, and they said, hey, turns out in Chinese culture, deception, pretending to be your friend, pretending to be your ally, meanwhile, undermining you from within. That's not viewed as as awful. That's viewed as clever. People smile and clap their hands at that sort of thing. And and the left reacted to that by saying, oh, my God, that is racist. That is so judgmental. It's xenophobic. And they buried the report. If you can't face up to what is true, get off the stage. If you're offended that there are negative, well, from the Western perspective, there are aspects of another culture that we find off-putting, and you think even stating that that exists is somehow a bad thing, you are way too childlike to participate in in politics in general. Please be quiet.
1: Well, in the long arc of history, I'll tell you which one of the cultures is going to survive and which one will uh, be dominated pretty clear
0: yeah yeah i've become aware of i think is it the the 36 the the 36 principles or the 36 something or other it's it's a piece of literature that's as important to chinese culture as gosh i don't even know what is to ours the constitution honestly um and it's 36 stories of the great warring period of of chinese history and they're all about deception and the fact that we're so dumb and friendly, and 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 maybe maybe it's just that we're nice. We're a nice people. The fact that we can't come to terms with that is is to our discredit, and if we don't wake up soon, to our doom. Elon, I'm looking at you.
1: I'm um, I'm sure looking forward to seeing how NBC is going to handle this Olympics, and all our advertisers and our politicians and everything like that. It's coming up here in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, the Winter Games in Beijing. Hmm. Huh. We'll see. Uh, the Pope has just called on couples who choose pets over children selfish. We can get into that. You know what? Yeah. The pope calling I you selfish. That's well, kind of interesting, I think. Um Delve into that a little bit, among other things we can get to. You're making a face. I don't look to the Pope for a lot of guidance on much, honestly. Anything? About how to wear a tall white hat. Well yes, there. there or what go. to wear with a tall white hat? Slippers. Seems Clearly. to have that nailed down. All right. Right. Yeah. I right. got mm, I got a story to tie into that from my vacation. Uh, all the way our text line 415-295-KFTC.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty show.
1: Some entertainment news. Last night was the season 26
0: premiere of The Bachelor. Yes. The show returned to The Bachelor Mansion after several seasons away, which is why the first group date activity was evicting raccoons.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I highly recommend, because I watched this uh, over the vacation we had, Uh, Jimmy Fallon telling Jerry Seinfeld his story about going to a World Series game with Jack Nicholson. Wow. Jimmy Fallon in a booth with Jack Nicholson, ordering Cracker Jacks, getting the prize. It's damn funny. (laughs) Search it out on YouTube. Damn funny. I don't want to try to retell it because it would lose, but it's very, very funny. Um. I saw this, which is kind of a minor thing, and then it reminded me of something else that I wanted to say, which I've said before, but I, will, I want to remind people that don't know it. Uh, the Pope has called on couples to choose who choose pets over having children selfish. So this is part of the ongoing effort by the Pope and others to try to get people to start having kids again. I don't think it's going to work. Um, I, do, I do think it's interesting, though. It seems pretty obvious, and I think we all know people like this, who don't have kids have pets and treat their pets like kids, whether it's push them around in strollers or talk about them all the time like they're their children or and whatever. Sometimes state categorically our our pets, our dogs are our children. Right. So and I think what's going on there is we have a, we have is we have no deeper need other than maybe breathing than to procreate and uh, you know, to have and raise children but we, for whatever societal reasons, don't but still have those needs and fulfill them to enough of a level, I guess, with pets that it gets you by, but you can always take them to the uh, kennel if you want to go to Bali for a week or whatever it is you want to Whereas do. that's frowned upon when you have children. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, anyway, so I think that's kind of interesting. I don't know if the Pope is going to sway anybody on that, whether you think it's selfish or not to not have kids. But... It did remind me, as I was driving across western Kansas, where I am from, in the middle of nowhere, as I drove by Victoria, Kansas, I I always think of this story because I think it's damn interesting. Theodore McCarrick, who was the Archbishop of Washington, D.C., and maybe the most famous Catholic in America for decades. He was the big deal in Washington, D.C., he was the guy that Tim Russert had on Meet the Press every Easter. He was the guy that presided over the funerals and weddings of all the most powerful people in Washington, D.C. Turned out, like a lot of Catholic priests, he was sexing up children, raping kids, and allowing other priests to rape kids and hiding it. And you know what they did when they caught him? They finally caught him, and there was so much public pressure, he had to resign they sent him to Little Victoria, Kansas, which I drove through just the other day. Oh, that's right. The most yeah. out-of-the-way, and they've got the cathedral there in Victoria, Kansas, called the Cathedral of the Plains. It's an immense, like the sort of thing you see in Europe, cathedral. It's just amazing, and I've been to so many weddings there. It's just mm. an unbelievable church, but it's a tiny town. It's like 800 people or something. I mean, it's tiny and in the middle of nowhere, and they, the Catholic Church... The Pope, who just lectured you about pets and kids, uh, they shipped this guy to the middle of nowhere so he could live out his life and not be bothered by people after raping kids and hiding other child rapists for decades. Wow. How freaking awful is that? Most people don't know that tiny town exists. I only do because I'm from that area. But that's what isn't that amazing? It's just it's stunning. And the guy's still alive there and living out his old age with people who go to church every Sunday and put money in the plate, helping to pay for his apartment and his food and his car, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's It's shocking. Yeah. Keep your opinion to yourself, Mr. Pope. I'm
1: pro-Catholic Church. I'm pro-Jesus. I'm pro all that sort of stuff, but I ain't pro that. That's awful.
0: Yeah. No kidding. No kidding.
1: A bunch of uh, Chicago Blackhawks hockey players had their cars stolen. And a Chicago robbery the other day as the whole crime wave continues nationwide.
0: Oh, you know, I've got a whole big update on that. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow, but including I hadn't realized when Eric Adams, the reform-minded former cop, got elected mayor of New York, New Yorkers simultaneously elected one of those George Soros progressive DAs who's now come out and told the whole staff, much like, you know, a Chesa Bodine in San Francisco or a or a uh, what's his face in uh, in LA, uh, George Gascon, um he has said, we're not going to prosecute any low-level crime, Wow. So we're, the, we're going to let all the little stuff go. We're, uh, gonna, Im, we're going to incarcerate as few people as possible.
1: Where, uh, wow, that's interesting. So these blue cities electing these prosecutors that have no interest in prosecuting. Right,
0: right. Huh. Gotham, who we thought might be on the verge of a turnaround, uh, it, several more years of misery to come. Well
1: I, well, I think that sets up a great showdown, probably public showdown. Between Eric Adams, the mayor, and this new guy, whatever his name is, and maybe we can have this conversation out once and for all. Play Joe Biden saying bingo. Bingo. I hope that's what happens. Because you're right. If you miss an hour of the show, you can grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.